Hey moms, was your dinner last night the leftover chicken nuggets from your kid's tray? Is your definition of self-care getting to close the door when you pee? If the only chance that you get for exercise are the squats that you do to pick up your kid's Legos, well then take a seat, mama. You're in the right place. I'm Corinne Crosley, psychotherapist, self-care enthusiast, and seriously imperfect mom of two kiddos. This is Mama Bites. Well, mamas, welcome back to the Mama Bites podcast. Thank you again for tuning in or finding us for the first time. I'm Corinne Crosley, and today is going to be a different kind of show. I'm going to interrupt my usual style of interviewing, and I I just want to do sort of a one-person show. It's just going to be me today, and we're, uh, we're going to talk about how to take care of your mental health and just your general self-care when when you're going through scary times. Now, um, you know, I actually have have a saying I use a lot, which I've heard is uh, said to be a Chinese curse, which is, uh, may you live in interesting times. And uh, we live in interesting times, moms. And we're raising kiddos in interesting times. And that can really, really wear on us. Right now, um, you know, who knows when you're listening, but right now uh, in the Northeast and uh, globally, we are dealing with the, the outbreaks and concerns around coronavirus. And I just thought it would be important and helpful, hopefully to you, to take some time and just chat about you know, how to do what we need to take care of ourselves uh, when we're often so focused on taking care of others in times that can be really scary, for lack of a better term. So, um, yeah, I guess let's start with a few bullet points. So we're going to talk about a number of different things. We're going to talk about movement. We're going to talk about media. We're going to talk about um personal relationships, sleep, we're, we're going to cover a lot of different ground. I'm going to try to keep it to bullet points. I'm going to try to keep it back into our roots of mama bites. Um, and so that hopefully will keep it practical and, and manageable for, for all of us to take care of ourselves. So number one with a bullet, of course, if you are not feeling well, take the time rest, take care of yourself. I know that's super obvious, but um, as moms, we're so used to being so focused on everybody else and taking care of everybody else. And uh, that particular uh, personal hell of being sick when your kids are sick too. (laughs) So when it's possible, rest, take care of yourself, recover. Um, if you feel yourself coming down with something, take that seriously, take care of yourself, not just in terms of, you know, what we've been told in terms of sort of pull yourself out and, and kind of sequester a, a bit, but like, don't just, just be alone in your house, like really take care of yourself. Um, that being said, if you're not, uh, a sick, hooray, but you're, 
dealing with all this anxiety and fear about what's going on. And maybe this isn't necessarily uh, in the cultural anxiety, but maybe you're going through a really hard time. Maybe um, a loved one is very ill with cancer. Maybe you're going through a really tough time with your partner. These are things that we need to honor just as much as the wider cultural anxiety. One of the big things that I, I want to impress is the idea that people need to keep moving. And so when I say that, um, that might be the exact opposite of what you're hearing. Um, but it's in terms of, um, if you need to sequester, but it's not. So what I mean by that is keep moving and keep being physical. So our tendency when we're anxious or nervous is to sort of curl up on ourselves, get very still. And that's, that's an automatic response that makes sense. You know, uh, since it's not just fight or flight, it's also to freeze. So know that you might be having some freeze responses too, and that's totally normal. But I would just really invite you to find ways to find movement in your life. And so um, if going to the gym is not an option, be it financially, be it um, logistically, you know, find ways that you can move in your life, um, whether it is a short work walk outside, if that's not possible, are there um, some online programs? You know how much I love Mama Strong and always am constantly recommending it and proselytizing about it. But even if it's um, you know a few lunges in your kitchen or a wall sit while your kids are in the bath or um, just picking up hand weights, which can include the heaviest cans or, um, you know, gallon of milk in your fridge and, and really just move your body even just a little bit, especially if you start to feel that anxiety really climb, it really helps to get your heart rate up by moving rather than, um, being elevated with anxiety. It is the fastest anti-anxiety and antidepressant that man knows of. It's the fastest acting. And so even just a little bit of movement can really help. Um, if that's yoga or grounding, whatever you need to do, it's re it really is helpful. Um, and really thinking about tuning into your body. Do something that makes you feel strong. Um, if it is one single push-up on your knees, that helps you feel strong, great. If you are noticing this, um, you know, throughout the day that anxiety is coming, you know, just little bits of movement throughout the day, five minutes of walking, um, whatever is really helpful. Okay. We got to talk about the news. <laughs> we got to talk about limiting uh, media. So there are sometimes uh, I will prescribe media embargoes to my clients. And that's mostly around things that happen in the news that are really upsetting that we can't change, but we feel like we have to delve into it. And so times that uh, I've done that with clients is when I notice after several days of uh, a public tragedy, um, 
and there's been a real public outcry and people are increasingly um, going over the same information and, and finding themselves really upset, I will say, okay, I think it's time for at least a one to three day media embargo. So examples of this um, that I've prescribed, you know, uh, it's not a big surprise as you, um, as you probably already know, I'm in the Northeast. So uh, I, I did this for some clients when we were dealing uh, here with the marathon bombing. Um, I have done this for various shootings. Unfortunately, there have been multiple um, mass shootings where I've had to say to people, okay, I think, I think you're not getting any new information. I think it's time to take a break. I realize when you're having to stay abreast of certain situations, that's not an option. And so what I would offer is to find a time of day once or twice a day and set a time limit. Consume the media that you feel is helpful and trustworthy, not rabbit holes. Okay. So if, you know, you find CNN to be helpful then go do your reading, find out what you need to do or find out what you need to know and then get off, okay? Um, If you find Facebook helpful, great, go on Facebook. However, social media in particular can be a really difficult place to be um, because People are very anxious. And so just as you're consuming media, the last thing that we often do is check in with our bodies. And so I really ask you to just slow down and check in with your body. Notice your heart rate as you're reading, as you're consuming media. Is this is this making me feel like a little bit sweaty? Is this making me feel like my breathing is faster? Is this making me feel like my heart rate is really picking up? And on top of that, am I getting information that's useful to me? Is this really helpful? And if any of those answers, if, you know, if you're noticing your body's really telling you that this is an emergency and the the information isn't helpful, that's not helpful. (laughs) Take a break. That's not being kind to yourself. Okay. Try to find those outlets that you trust and consume a certain amount and then turn it off. Trust that you will find out what you need to know if you need to know it. I know this is a shocking, shocking directive, but give it a try. If, you know, just give it a try for a few days. And if you find yourself more anxious or out of the loop, you know, you can always go back, but just check in and see if that might be helpful. Um, I will also say to make sure that your media consumption is not in the time before you're going to bed. It's just going to elevate you. You know, really, we know the directive. If we want to sleep well, we should really not be looking at too many screens before we go to bed. We all know that too much blue light, yada, yada, yada. But also treat yourself the way you would with your kids. You know, (laughs) you're going to have bad dreams. That's not helpful. So just think about those sorts of things. Treat yourself the same way that you would if your child was anxious about these things. 
be really gentle and nice with yourself. That particular point with media, I think also um, really is helpful in terms of moving to the next couple points. But before I forget, we move on. And if I didn't say it, set a time limit for yourself. This is where um, phones are really helpful. Phones, when, you know, use that 24 hour connectivity to choose the time that you want to consume information and have your phone help you by setting a time limit. Um, I have an iPhone, you can set a 15 minute time limit and it's gonna pause you and say like, okay, your time limit's up, do you wanna continue? You can always continue, but before you continue, really take that pause, really think like, do I really need more information? Is this really helpful? Do I really want more? And even consider like, even if you want to, putting your phone down for five minutes, taking a break, again, all that information is still gonna be there, but take enough distance to allow yourself to move on. These things have sort of a self-perpetuating quality. It's really easy to hit the button, say like, yes, continue, please, more. <laughs> um, but use those pauses, build those in to really take that time for yourself. Okay, so just as you wanna choose a, you know, a trusted media source, you also wanna choose those trusted, even-tempered people to be in connectivity with. So, you know, we all have the friend who, you know, at, at any sort of whiff of crisis or whatever, like, oh my God, I'm going and buying all of the toilet paper <laughs> in Target. Um, and sometimes that person is even fun to have around, but know the people who sort of raise the anxiety for you and know the people who sort of help you feel grounded. So whether it's podcasts, whether it's that even-tempered person in your life, if it's reaching out to people you haven't talked to in a while, whoever helps you feel even just a little bit more grounded, make sure those people are in your circle and you're connecting to them in whatever way possible, whether it's email, whether it's phone calls, whether it's FaceTime, whether it's you know going for tea or coffee, <clears throat> just do what you can. If you are the person who is the even-tempered person, okay, and often, moms are the even-tempered person let's take a breath figure out if you need to fall apart you know where are the places that you can fall apart if you need to um does it need to be like rapid fire writing in your journal does it need to be um taking five minutes and you know having a few tears in the shower whatever it is to to allow yourself a little bit of that space and not feel like you're ratcheting tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. That being said, um, you know, sometimes if nothing else, this is the time to reach out uh, to your trusted providers, whether that's a therapist, whether that's, um, you know, just really helpful people in your life. Again, um, make an appointment. If you can talk to them, connect, let's keep connecting. Okay. The other thing that I talked about with the, the media issue is sleep, okay? If moms know something, it's that lack of sleep makes everything harder. So we know that it makes a uh, lack of sleep or not enough sleep makes us more reactive, it makes us less patient, more anxious, more depressed, that you know some of us are up 
nursing babies. Some of us are down the hall putting kids back to sleep with who are having nightmares. There are the things that are just intrinsic to motherhood. Those things can't be avoided. But again, if we're consuming media or just our minds are just running and it's hard to relax and sleep, we need to do the things that are really helpful if we can um, to help ourselves at least promote sleep. So not only, um, you know, removing the media a, a couple hours before sleep, but inviting in the things that are helpful, whether it's a meditation app or uh, meditation breathing that you know, um, whether it's reading a book that you've read a million times just to let your eyes get tired and your mind to attach to something else, whether it's um, doing a yoga nidra, which is yogic sleeping, which is a really great way to relax the body. There's some great um, links on YouTube for that, uh, that I can include in uh, the show notes for today. Or um, if you want to reach out and recommend some helpful sleep meditations that I can put up in the show notes, that would be great as well. But doing those things to promote good sleep hygiene and taking care of yourself. Something that I also come back to, sort of my last word on um, promoting sleep, something that I do when I can't sleep, which um, actually comes up for me at times, is I think back to my biological bases of behavior class, and um, I was lucky enough to be studying the biological bases of different behaviors with a professor who was a sleep specialist. And so the the sort of refrain that I go back to that I learned is even just closing your eyes and keeping your eyes closed changes your brain waves. As soon as you close your eyes, you're changing your brain waves. And so if you're, if you're feeling sort of fidgety and you can't sleep and you sort of like don't want to tolerate um, that experience of like tossing and turning, just that compassionate refrain, that kind reframe reminding yourself, you know what, just by closing my eyes, I'm changing my brain waves. And we could all use that every day, right? (laughs) So talking about changing things, and just a reminder, you know, let's connect with people, let's be talking with people, you know, let's be processing, these are very helpful things about what we're going through. And also let's remind ourselves and each other to take conversation breaks, right? Let's talk about the things that are scary and, you know, process and and draw people close, but let's also talk about the other things. Let's connect. Let's, let's be silly when we can. Um, Let's tell funny stories when we can. I know that it sounds simplistic and basic, but really having those other touch points, taking those breaks are really important to our mental health and self-care. Let's not forget the basics. Make sure you're continuing to take your medications. If you are um, prescribed something, taking medications, this is not the time to go off meds. Uh, We might be tempted to try and change our medication, um, hoard our medication, especially when we're dealing with things like that. It's just not helpful or wise. So keep your body at an even keel as much as possible. Really keep taking care.
Um, you know, something that I studied uh, when I was in grad school and, and actually more just kind of studied on my own is the idea of positive psychology. And in positive psychology, um, Martin Seligman, who was the creator, talks about explanatory style. And he talks about pessimism and optimism. And something that always struck me is the idea that he introduces, which he did research. And the idea is that um, we have natural explanatory styles. Um, I sort of have, I think I was kind of born a bit more of a pessimist and have done a lot of work to introduce more um, positive ideas and more of a positive outlook. And that has actually been work that I've been doing for years and um, I'm grateful to the concepts that I could do that. And really uh, there is no downside to being a, a bit more positive, looking for the things that we can be grateful uh, about and looking towards the people who are are doing the hard things and the great work. So, you know, I think it's been fairly common. I mean, everybody has by this time heard the amazing uh, Mr. Rogers quote that he, you know, directs children to look to the people who are running into the, the emergencies into the crisis, look to the people who are doing the right things and helping, you know, look to the helpers. And I think that is so powerful. I'm sort of like getting choked up thinking about that. But also, um, <coughs> woo, to also, um, to really think about the things that we are grateful for and, um, that we are still living in an age where, um, where we have a lot of privileges and um, advances, you know, we we are still living in an age where um, penicillin and and antibiotics are a thing, <laughs> and we might have our fears about access and etc. to them, but but can we be grateful for the advantages and the privileges that we have and and the the basic basic um, wonderful things that are around us. Uh, the sun is up today as I am talking to you right now. And, and that is something that, um, I can be grateful for in this moment. Right now, there are, are only some limited, uh, clouds in the sky and there is some blue up there. And that's pretty exciting just for this moment right here. Okay. Conversely, know your triggers, right? Um, if you've dealt with difficult behaviors, uh, that come, uh, about and, you know, may not even have origins in stress, but you know, can be set off by stress. Know that about yourself. Um, you know, for folks, uh, that I work with mostly, I am passionate with the work of working with people, uh, with eating disorders. And so, you know, things like the idea of scarcity can be really triggering for people. And so even to just to acknowledge that and, um, you know, notice your behaviors, to be curious about them, to be compassionate about them, but to really tune in and say, oh, this is interesting. You know, I haven't binged in XYZ time and, you know, recently I've binged this number of times. Mm, this is different for me. What's up? Oh, all this talk of scarcity is really, really elevating me. Or conversely, um, 
oh, you know, I haven't really been in restricting behaviors in XYZ time and I'm feeling these really strong urges to restrict. Let's let's check in with what's go what's going on and oh, isn't this interesting? You know, how might I be reacting to sort of the climate of what's coming and what's going on? And so when you notice that, that isn't an indicator of failure. That is an indicator that you just need more support and self-care, whatever that looks like. That might be more journaling. That might be more meditating. That might be a bath. It might be, you know those things that you do to be kind to yourself. It's a sign that you need more kindness. And again, uh, as I've said to clients, um, urges and behaviors, they look like a spike. They look like something that comes on of us all of a sudden. And the best we can do sometimes is sort of like kind of roll back a little bit and see how those urges actually ramped up Uh, over the course of time. And so, you know, if you find yourself in behaviors, let's kind of roll it back and see what's coming up and how this is elevating those behaviors. Okay, Um, I'm gonna wrap it up in a couple minutes. Um, The last thing I'm not gonna end with this, I'm gonna figure out another way to end because it's a little upsetting place to end. But let's just be um, real that that global um, crises and um, cultural panic can lead to just really scary images, not just on the news, but even more so in our heads, right? that we start um, visualizing things that are very, very upsetting and troubling, whether they are from uh, history or from our own traumas or we're projecting into the future. And this can come up so much and so often when there's just something in the news that is really troubling and scary. And so um, if you notice these images coming up in your head, really use language either in your head or, you know, if you are in a safe space to, to name it even out loud, like, wow, I'm having really intrusive images. This is just an intrusive thought right now. And rather than going down the rabbit hole with that image, which your mind is going to invite you to do, your mind is going to say, let's try to pace this out about what you would do if this terrible thing happened. And while I totally understand and even in some parts want to honor that reflex, I'm going to say it's not really helpful <laughs> that going going towards those most intrusive of images is going to really elevate the anxiety and reinforce the idea that, that it's going to happen, okay? And there's so many intrusive images that come into our heads, they come and they go, and they never ever happen, right? This is very rare that these situations actually happen. In fact, the way I would say this to my kids, it's not very rare, it's very, 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 very rare, okay? So rather than assuming that you need to go down that rabbit hole and and follow those images and prepare yourself for terrible, terrible things. Use that instead as an indicator that this is your anxiety. This is our cultural anxiety. 
wow, okay, this is my anxiety. These intrusive images are a result of my anxiety and are not necessarily based in any sort of truth. Use those words, say them out loud if you need to, write them out de- write them out in um, on paper in a journal if you need to. Write them and you know leave them as affirmations if you need to. Do whatever you need to to help curtail them. It's not perfect. It's not possible. Again, um, you know you're not going to extinguish them entirely. You can do um, cognitive behavioral therapy um, techniques such as like thought stopping and things like that. But also it's okay. You're not a bad person. You're not crazy if they keep coming up. This is just where things are right now. So be compassionate. Be kind with yourself. Use that voice when you notice those images Use your kind voice. Don't beat up on yourself for having them. And that's where we're going to end with compassion. As much as possible, let's be compassionate with each other. There is absolutely no harm in offering each other a smile or kindness or calmness or gentleness. No harm comes of that. But especially to do that with ourselves, right? To use that gentle voice to say, this is really difficult right now and I need to be gentle with myself. I need to be kind with myself. I need to be calm with myself. Can we marshal that own inner wise voice to be nice? Okay, mamas, hopefully this is helpful. We are living in interesting times. I am living there beside you. I am out here. I hope that you can reach out as helpful to those people in your life that are helpful. I'll stop babbling. (laughs) I could go on forever. Okay, moms, I stand beside you. Let's take care of each other and take care of ourselves. So that's it, moms. That's the last bite for today. But in case you're hungry for more, head on over to the Mama Bites website. That's M-O-M-M-A, Mama Bites website, and stream more of our podcasts. Or find them anywhere that you find your podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play. And don't forget to stop by Instagram. And definitely come on by our Facebook group, the Mama Bites Lunch Table. We'd love to have you there. And until we meet again next time, Remember, motherhood is a long journey. Don't forget to pack some snacks.